0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are UFC 292, live from Boston, Massachusetts. Checking in on the NASCAR playoff race. Tensions are high between James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers. Ezekiel Elliott finds a new home in New England. The New York Jets add another star running back. The NFL season's just around the corner previewing the afc south division with that i give you our assistant chief of our fire brigade
1: colton cow thanks matt we're here on a wednesday the the chief is out this week so it's just me and matt in the in the studio so we're gonna get get things started here like matt mentioned the first topic on the on the slate we're gonna talk a little bit of ufc news uh ufc 292 gonna be taking place uh, this this weekend, uh, you know, returning to to Boston, Massachusetts. You know, a little bit of a different different venue than uh, you know, the New York City or Las Vegas or you know whatnot. I mean, they have have been in Boston, or you know, I've had a UFC event in Boston before. So kind of returning to to a you know a big city, a great sports town, you know mm-hmm. whatnot. So uh, going to take place in in TD Garden, where the you know the Celtics uh you know uh tip off and play their play their home games. So. Uh Matt, what's your what's you know, there's obviously five five fights on the mm-hmm. on the main card there. What's uh, what's your thoughts? I know we got a couple of couple of title fights, one you know, women's title right. fight and then yeah. a you know a men's title fight. Uh, what's what's your thoughts on it?
0: Yeah, I mean we'll, we'll kick it off with what's gonna be the probably the showstopper of the night with the, the bantamweight title fights against Algermain Sterling and uh, Sean O'Malley. Uh, you got Sterling coming into the fight with a career record of twenty-three and three, three knockouts, eight submissions, eleven wins by decision nine and one in his last ten fights so I mean you know he's been he's been fighting great uh, recently here mm-hmm. you got O'Malley though he's he's not a slouch himself he's a uh, 16 one and one in his career mm-hmm. with uh, 11 knockouts one submission four decisions and he's eight eight one and one in his last ten so you know I mean both these guys are, are fighting hot but uh, you know it's O'Malley is still kind of a little bit of an unknown at 16, 16 one and one. He mm-hmm. doesn't have a ton of fights under his belt. Mm-hmm. So in a case like this, I, I like to stick with the champion, the, right. the guy with the experience who's, who's done and seen it all. But mm-hmm. we also got to remember though, O'Malley is a, a knockout guy. Yeah. yeah. And, and in fights like that, it takes one punch and mm-hmm. this thing could be over. So, right. I right. mean, you know, be on the lookout for a surprise, but I, I still like the champion to retain.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously, uh, you know, jermaine has been the been the guy that's been up up in that bantamweight, you know, division that uh, you know has defended his title uh, three three different times now. Um, which you know, ironically, if he is able to pull this pull this win off on Saturday, he would then take. Um, take sole possession of the most title defenses in the bantamweight, um, you know, bantamweight and UFC bantamweight history with, uh, four title defenses. If he's able to, you know, knock out or, you know, win against, uh, O'Malley, who, you know, is coming into this again, somewhat of an up and comer, a guy that's, you know, really shot up the shot, up the board here. Um, and you know as has been dominant ever since he kind of stepped in the ring for for UFC back in 2017 but this is his first shot you know first title title fight he's he's had in his in his career so you know i think obviously it's going to be a, a step up as far as the competition mm-hmm. goes um you know he's 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 you know taken out some guys on his way or you know on his climb here in the in the bantamweight division but you know obviously sterling's the the veteran here the guy that's that's had you know, experience not only in this division, but experience at the top with defending that title and that, you know, will come into, you know, a big, we'll, we'll play big into this, into this one. So it is definitely, you know, going to, going to be interesting, um, you know, at the same, at the same time, you know, Aljamain Sterling has also uh, somewhat announced prior to the fight that, you know, I, I think barring something crazy that happens, you know, some, you know, kind of crazy knockout or, you know, kind of fluky type deal, um, he he's made some comments that this is a ninety-nine percent chance that this is his last fight at Bantamweight. So I huh. think he's uh Looking gonna to try to up. gonna try to move up and, you know, continue his dominance. He he feels like he's you know done enough at that bantamweight, you know, um division that it's time to move up and, you know, not only he may be one of the the greatest or, you know, whatever in that in that division, but wants to try to put himself in the you know in the mix of greatest of, of all time no matter what division uh greatest fighter so uh you know like i said barring something kind of fluky here that happens mm. in this fight it, it sounds like yeah he's he's moving on to you know bigger and better things in a, in a different division to see what he can what he can do after he's you know kind of somewhat dominated this this division himself um but yeah very you know definitely a proven guy versus yeah you don't know what you're what you're gonna right. get with sean o'malley um you know a guy that again kind of fights like a mystery, you know, he's, he's kind of off the wall, his fighting style, kind of, you know, kind of scatterbrained all over the place. Uh, you know, a guy that, yeah, you don't pay attention to. I mean, yeah, you could be knocked out before you know, the guy that yeah, can come out of nowhere and, and, and just, yeah, the fighting style that he has, is just very unorthodox and, and, and can, you know, catch you off guard if you're not, you know, not paying attention or not, not ready for it. So it will be it will be interesting. Um, obviously, I, I, I think you know Sterling has has the advantage in this one coming into it with with as many title defenses as he has, um, and, and and with Sean O'Malley's kind of you know question mark with this being kind of his first real big fight. Right. You know what are we gonna what are we gonna get? But you know I think it could be could be could be interesting. Um, you know what what you know what takes place. But ultimately, I think uh, I think Algermain, you know holds the holds the belt or, you know, keeps the belt there, but, uh, you know, somewhat maybe vacates it anyways, if he's going to be, you know, moving divisions anyway. So it, it, you know, Sean O'Malley may get his chance to, to claim that belt again, or, you know, get a chance to, to fight for the belt. Uh, you know, even if he does lose here on, on Saturday. Um, and then we got obviously the, like I mentioned the other title fight, the women's, the women's straw weight division, um, between Amanda Lemos and, uh, the current champion in, uh, Zhang Wali, um, <clears throat> Wali, Wale has twenty three and is twenty three and three, while uh, Amanda Lemos is uh, thirteen two and one coming into this. So should be should be an interesting. Um, you know, Zhang Wali uh, has been kind of the the staple again at the top of this strawweight division. Um, did have a couple of losses, title losses to uh, Rose Namajunas, but uh, you know I think ultimately. You know, Lee has been been pretty dominant ever since ever since then, and you know I look for her to continue her dominance in this one um, against Amanda Limos, who's coming into this at the uh, at the age of thirty six as well, kind of the elder statesman. I mean, Wei Li is is thirty four, so you know a couple of couple of veterans in the in the mix here on this one, uh, Matt. Any any thoughts on that fight? Well, I'll
0: tell you, these two seem to be very similar fighters when you look at the, the results of their fights. Mm-hmm. You know, you got uh, Whaley with a. Eleven knockouts, eight submissions, four decisions in her, in her wins, mm-hmm. uh, and you got Lemos, who's uh, eight KOs, three submissions, two decisions. Yeah. So I mean, they're very similar in their stats on how mm-hmm. they're, how they're beating people. I, right. I, I so I think there's going to be a a lot of a lot of punches thrown in this oh, yeah. one. This yeah. This is going to be a just just a fight, more of a boxing match probably. Mm-hmm. I think than a you know take them down, and get a submission type of match. Yeah. So, I think that's going to be fun to watch. I think it's, it's going to be an intense fight. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you got you got to like the champ in this one as well.
1: Yeah, no, it should be should be interesting uh, to see you know what what you know takes place there with those two title fights and you know some of the other you know just real quick uh, you know the welterweight fight before the women's title fight uh, between Ian Machado, Gary, and, and Neil Magny. Uh, Machado Gary comes into this twelve and 0, um local uh, Irishman as well, and you know Boston. Boston population, a lot of a lot of Irish blood in that in that Boston population. So I expect him to you know kind of have maybe the maybe the home crowd behind him. Um, and then the uh, other kind of bantamweight or another bantamweight, not a, obviously not the title fight, but another bantamweight on the main card between uh, Cody Garbarant and Mario Mario Bautista. Um, You know Garbarant, you know, has had somewhat of a, a, a steep falling off. Uh, he was a guy that you know was working his way up and you know looked like the next you know, the next great in that, in that bantamweight division, but has taken, you know, some ugly losses here the last several fights and, you know, has really fallen off and, you know, fallen down the leaderboard here. So we'll see if he can, you know, claim, reclaim his glory here and, you know, get, get a win against a you know, a formidable opponent and, you know, slowly work his way back up the, up the chain. So going to be, going to be interesting. Yeah. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of smaller, smaller fighters in that main card. Um, you know, three bantamweight fights in the main card, you know, that's, 125 to 135 as far as the pounds go um and then the women's straw weight that's 115 pounds so you know a lot of, a lot of smaller fighters right. on the on the main card that uh Machado Gary and, and Neil Magny that's a welterweight which is 155 to 170 so still not not you know heavy heavy hitters there or whatever so we'll be we'll be interesting yeah some little little small scrappy guys right. that you know some of them also have, you know, some power behind them right. too. So it'll be, uh, you know, be interesting to see, you know, what, what... smaller guys are always more fun to watch. They're right. just more exciting.
0: They're mm-hmm. moving at a faster pace right. and just get just after just trying to outsmart the yep. other guy and just yep. getting after it. So yep. a little, little, little more exciting than some of the heavyweights where they're just kind of feeling each other out right. for a while. Right. So. right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, dynamite comes in small packages. That's right. So <laughs> we, uh, we shall see what what happens. You know, if there's there's some fireworks in in Boston this weekend, or you know, we'll, we'll uh, you know, we'll talk about it later so all right well uh moving over from the ufc the octagon over to the racetrack uh gonna talk a little bit of nascar news uh gonna somewhat preview the upcoming rip and then also kind of check in on the playoff standings i I believe we only have two races two or three races left in the regular season before we're we're talking about you know the uh the playoff chase you know the the 16 drivers that'll be competing for for the nascar you know cup championship so um, you know, this weekend they're going to be uh, a road course, um, Watkins Glen International Raceway in Watkins Glen, New York, um, going to be taking place on Sunday, uh, at three three p.m. over on the USA Network. Uh, Watkins Glen, uh, about a almost a two and a half mile track, like I mentioned, kind of a road course, so a little bit a little bit longer track, just because. It's not a giant oval. Um, You know, there are twists and turns and things like that that, you know, not a normal, not a normal, uh, you know, NASCAR track. Um, There are seven different turns in the in the uh, in the track, and uh, they're going to go for roughly 90 90 laps in this in this one. So. Uh, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on this race? And then we'll, you know, kind of talk a little bit of playoffs here.
0: Okay. I mean, coming into this race, you got the, the favorites coming in are Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott, mm-hmm. these two are guys who, who've who kind of done well on some of these road courses mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. past. I yep. think other guys you'd like to keep an eye on are guys like Brad Kozlowski, uh, Joey Logano. They, mm-hmm. they seem to do well. And then, uh, some of the, the other guys, um, I think, uh, Kurt Busher and, mm-hmm. and some some of the guys you don't think of as. You know the the top NASCAR guys, but yeah. they always seem to do well. To show up on mm-hmm. these road just because they so. they've
1: raced it enough, yeah. or they're the yeah. veterans. And, you and know?
0: These are the types of things that can really turn these playoff standings up mm. on up on their head. Because yeah. you can have a guy way down the standings, but right. they, they get that desperate win that they need mm-hmm. to to get into the playoff hunt. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, anything can happen here, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, road course always make for an exciting race. I, I I like watching them. They're a little something, just something different than exactly. just the left turn, left right. turn, left yeah. turn. Yeah. You know, so. A little, little more... Uh, excitement. Excitement. A little, little bit more little strategy. more strategy yeah, involved, yeah. yeah. So, you know, outthinking your opponent and mm-hmm. doing all that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, right now, I, we can kind of run down the top 16. That's, mm-hmm. that's what will make the playoff at yep. this point. Yeah. Uh, you got the number one driver in Martin Truex Jr. Number two, Denny Hamblin. Uh, three, William Byron. Four, uh, Christopher Bell. Five, Kyle Larson. Mm-hmm. Six, Kevin Harvick. Seven, Ross Chastain. Eight, Brad Keselowski. Nine, Ryan Blaney. 10 uh, Chris Busher, 11 Kurt Busch, 12 Tyler Reddick, 13 Joey Logano, 14 Darrell Wallace Jr., uh, 15 uh, Mike McDowell, and 16 Ricky Stenhouse Jr. So you, you, you notice a, a name that's not in there who has been tearing it up the last few years and Chase Elliott. Mm-hmm. He, he's a little further down the standing. So yeah. I mean, he he needs it here because yeah. with a couple races left. We've had 13 guys secure their spot. We've right. had 13 different winners throughout mm-hmm. the season, so they've they've got a spot pretty much locked up. Yep. Uh, the only the only the only way somebody with a win wouldn't get in is if they didn't race a full a full oh, schedule. Okay. So, um, I know we had one one that road race earlier. I think that was like an all star though. Yeah. Uh, where, where the the, the random. Mm-hmm guy from another country came in and won right but right i guess that didn't count for points anyway but right. he wouldn't have qualified in mm-hmm. this sense that even if it did because he didn't race a full schedule right right um so yeah i mean we've, got, we've had 13 different winners and mm-hmm. we're down to just a couple races to go so somebody's going to get in without a win mm-hmm. and, but you know everybody else is going to be scrambling to right. try to get the those
1: last couple of remaining spots. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you mentioned, 13 spots, uh, only three spots, you know, left in, in the playoffs. And, you know, like I said, two or three regular season races to go here. Uh, so, you know, not a lot of not a lot of time. So three spots left and, you know, I don't know, probably six or seven drivers that are all competing for those right. final six spots. Um, you know, and a, a name that, you know, jumps out there is is Bubba Wallace that mm-hmm. I think is probably having his best best season as a driver since making the switch to, you know, the Jordan uh, being, you know, under Michael Jordan's ownership. Mm-hmm. He's having, you know, a, a, a better season since he's made that switch. So he's he's right there in the mix right, right there in the hunt to, you know, secure one of those playoff spots um, that he has not had the opportunity to do here um, since making the switch to Jordan. Um, you mentioned Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman's in the mix there, uh, you know, Ty Gibbs, Daniel Suarez, you know, some so some guys that, you know, you've heard of or some, you know, some household names or whatever. But, yeah, it's going to get real interesting. And, um, you know, like I said, with only two or three races and, you know, one of these races being this racetrack, this this, right. you know, road course here gonna make it i think a little bit more interesting with mm-hmm. the whole strategy and you know how how guys you know play it and whatnot so um i think yeah gonna be gonna be real competitive this this weekend at uh at watkins Glen and um you know just a real quick kind of betting tidbit if you will if you're looking to you know throw some money down um on, on a potential winner or, you know whatever you'll kind of have to pay attention to how people qualify this this weekend but you know guys that uh that one on the road courses last year, their kind of average pole position was about six and a half. So they were kind of
0: somewhat in the, in in the,
1: in the top five or, you know, top 10, if you will, as far as, you know, qualifying. So, you know, kind of one through 10, that's kind of your guys you're, you're possibly looking at there um, to, to, you know, take home, you know, take home the win at, 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 you know, Watkins Glen this, this, this weekend. So uh, just because again, there is a little bit more strategy, but narrower, you know, narrower opportunities to pass and things like that. Get, get them, um, right? It really probably comes down to a lot of, you know, some of the pits, you know, pit stops, making crucial, you know, pits and when not to pit and when to pit. And then when you do pit, you know, having a, a good pit stop with your right. crew and, and getting in and out real quick. Cause yeah, just not a lot of opportunities to kind of really separate yourself or really get the opportunity to move up the move up the leaderboard if you will so um just a yeah real quick betting tidbit you know last year road course winners average pole position was about six and a half so looking for those kind of top 10 drivers possibly to, to you know throw some money on so um all right well yeah we'll check back in on nascar you know like i said we're only a couple races away from talking about the playoffs so we'll be of checking in on that and seeing who are who our 16 drivers are that are gonna be you know uh, competing for that NASCAR Cup championship and you know follow along as they you know keep cutting drivers you know every couple of weeks they'll be cutting four drivers um, and you know before we get down to kind of the, the final four and, and see who uh, who's taking taking home the the championship at the end of the at the end of the year so absolutely all right well moving over then to a uh, little NBA little NBA news Um I don't know if, if y'all have heard, but uh, the Philadelphia 76ers have uh, decided to try to keep James Harden. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll see how that plays out because uh, the 76ers have one idea in mind, and I think James Harden has a, has a different idea in mind. Um, you know, like I mentioned, the 76ers have basically said that they're no longer in trade discussions uh, with any teams to you know try to get rid of the 10-time all-star James Harden. Uh, But it seems like Harden may be trying to force his way out Mm -hmm. of of Philly Um, after some, you know, recent comments about, uh, you know, the 76ers president, Daryl Morey, uh, you know, there's some bad blood between those two. Um, And and this somewhat goes back to, I think, the even back to the Houston Rockets days when James Harden was in Houston. Daryl Morey was also the president in Houston as well. So I think there's a little bit of uh, bad blood already between those two and, you know, I think uh, Harden is is a little bit upset with the 76ers already because they haven't didn't didn't work out a deal or right. work out a longer term stay with the team and right. now here we are uh,
0: he re-upped after they specifically told him they were going to move him so mm-hmm. he re-upped for the one year just right. so they could get something out mm-hmm. of him, and mm-hmm. and they couldn't find a deal they like so right. they just said uh, well forget it we're just not going to move you and right now it just like... do- doesn't sit well you got mm-hmm. james harden calling maury a liar mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to play for him right, they right. Won't play for him so yeah. yeah i could see harden potentially sitting out if they don't make a move yeah right and i think
1: uh You know, it it could get interesting for the 76ers, you know, from what I saw, they did engage the Clippers who, you know, Harden came out and said that was his kind of number one place that he wanted to go. But again, just couldn't get couldn't agree. You know, both sides couldn't agree on what you know, what the other side wanted Mm -hmm. or, you know, anything like that. And, you know, to be honest, I mean outside of that it didn't sound like there were many other teams that were jumping at the bit to get to get harden
0: when well, are, uh, are the headaches that come along with harden really worth it yeah he's a great ball player but mm-hmm. he causes everywhere he's been he's had some type he's of issue his, he's forced, know, forced his, his way, way, way out, out. Yeah, yeah so is, is it him or is it these franchises right, you start right. to wonder after a while mm-hmm. if you're a team like the clippers are you giving up many assets right. that get what could potentially be a cancer or a problem
1: right right and this is a guy that you know obviously can score the basketball can can play with the with the best of them but you know a, he's aging getting older right. i mean it's at some point the the wheels will
0: fall, fall off, off yeah. i mean
1: it, and so you know is is you know currently his 35 million dollar you know player option you know is he really worth trading for mm-hmm. on a possible maybe one-year rental especially or... when i think
0: the sixers want first rounders they, right they, right they want Big time
1: prospects right, or right. first rounders out of it. Right, right. Is it is it really worth it at this point to take him to take him on, knowing that yeah, again, he may not be on your team next year, or if he really wants a long term deal, is he really worth mm-hmm. as much money as he claims that he wants? Because right. not only is it a long term deal, but he wants the max max level that you can get for <laughs> an extension. Right. Um, and, and and you know, at this point in his career, you know. Is he truly worth that? I don't know. Uh, Which is strange cuz you got guys like LeBron who aren't
0: even signing max level extensions. Mm-hmm. They're taking one or two year deals right. because they, they want to play out towards the end and ha- and have that freedom to to move to and know. do what they want. Right. So it's weird that he he wants to lock in right. long term yeah. almost like, oh well, I got it locked in now I can just right. coast, Post, you right, know? Exactly. So
1: it's yeah. it's a little strange. Yeah, it's it's you know what 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 are you going to get out of him? Is he mm-hmm. going to, you know, continue to produce cuz I mean again, this is a guy that can score, can score the basketball, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, Show uh, him the playoffs and some yeah, big moment yeah he you know stepped up for the 76ers in moments when you know Embiid was out and you know whatnot really filled in but again sometimes it can be the complete opposite right. too you can get the James Harden that in those crucial moments like game six and seven against the Celtics where he you know faded down the stretch mm-hmm. when they needed him um and, and yeah didn't look like the James Harden were used to used to seeing so um you know it will be interesting you know what they do but yeah it seems like Philadelphia's—they have no intention of trading Harden. They're going to figure out any way possible to make this work. Right. But it doesn't sound like on the other end, you know, that Harden's—he wants out. You know, and he's willing to do whatever it takes to not play for Philly anymore. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, at, at that point, what what good is right. he if he doesn't play? You, you know?
0: know, the Sixers would be wise just to get rid of him, get rid of the circus, because what's the circus making? Making Embiid think about mm-hmm. signing for a long term extension right. down the road. You exactly. Know, gotta, yeah. Got to do something to try to keep that guy happy and keep him around. Right.
1: And it, And again, it's, it's just ironic that this, you know, is happening again because Harden came into the 76ers organization mm-hmm. back in 2022 when another fellow uh, 76ers uh, player by the name of Ben Simmons was basically doing the exact same thing that Harden's mm-hmm. doing, basically saying, I don't want to play for Philly anymore um you know i refused to play for philly philly was like oh no we'll find a way to make this work and we all know how it ended they it basically are swapped <laughs> they swapped you know ben simmons for james harden you know sent sent ben simmons to the brooklyn nets and you know brought harden over to the 76ers so you know it's it's yeah it's um kind of it, they already know what the blueprint is right. for this or i've already seen the handwriting on the wall for how this is probably going to play out mm-hmm. um it, it's just a matter of yeah, don't don't wait too long where you get absolutely nothing out of this. Right? You, you, yeah, you can't get too greedy, if you will. You gotta, you know, make the move and get something because this is a seventy ers team that's still in the hunt, in mm-hmm. the poss, you know, in the, in the east, and you know, in the hunt to, you know, possibly win an NBA championship. But you don't want you know this drama and all this stuff to bleed right. into the season and you know cause cause issues. I mean, even uh, if you
0: get a couple of decent bench contracts mm-hmm. and, and and move move on from
1: some of that money, right. I mean, I, you still have an MVP and, right. and Joel Embiid and you know some other you know the other good players around around him um, that you know you still can be competitive in the in the Eastern Conference. But yeah, you want to try to if you really you know want to try to trade him and try to get something, you better do it before nobody's knocking at the door, right. you know, there's, you're getting absolutely nothing in mm-hmm. return um, and, 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 you know, slap an egg on your head that you got, yeah, you got nothing that ultimately Harden gets what he wants. He's out of Philly, goes to the place that he wants, gets his contract or gets his money. Right. But Philly gets nothing, nothing in return. So it will be mighty interesting. Cause yeah, we're probably, we're only a month or two away from, you know, the season kicking up here and we're, we're talking about this, you know, going, going forward. I mean, training camp is, just around the corner. And, and, you know, obviously the 76ers, you know, several months ago, you know, didn't have James Harden in their plans, but you know, now do, but James Harden may not have Billy in their plans and his plans. So, uh, it's going to be, yeah, going to be interesting. Obviously they brought in a new coach and, you know, Nick nurse, uh, which, you know, I don't think that he expected all this drama, you know, to start up in his, in his first season. And, Definitely not how you want to start off your new, you know, your new tenure in Philadelphia with with this going on. So it'll uh it'll be interesting to see, yeah, how both sides navigate this. But yeah, it doesn't seem like any any resolution is coming any anytime soon mm-hmm. unless Philly forks over some cash or you know they they find a trade partner that's willing to take on take on James Harden and they, you know, get what they feel like they need to get in, in return. Right. So we shall see um anyways we're going to take a uh, real quick commercial break uh stick with us we'll be right back this podcast is sponsored by podbean podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast we use podbean to host fired up download the free podbean podcast app to start record and publish your very own podcast in minutes podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, and we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Going to be talking NFL the rest of the way here on the show a uh, couple of big uh, free agent running back signings here over the over the past uh, couple of days and weekend. Uh so we'll start with the with the big one, uh, Ezekiel Elliott signing with the New England Patriots over the weekend. Um uh, going to join them on a on a 1 year, 6 million dollar deal, uh, roughly roughly 6 million dollars.
0: Uh it's a base 3 right. and it, there's incentives that can take it right. up, upward to 6. Yep,
1: yeah, yeah, he gets a a million dollar signing bonus, the 3 million dollar base salary and then uh, roughly $2 million in incentives if he's, you know, able to, able to meet. So, uh, you know, by the end of it, if he's, you know, hits all the marks, you know, hits everything, it'll be, you know, a one-year deal for, for $6 million. So, you know, not a, not a bad pickup there for, you know, new England in a, in a division in the AFC East that's, you know, ultimately uber competitive here and, and, you know, gotta make, gotta make some moves. And, um, you know, obviously Belichick is, is known as a guy that, you know, picks up, you know, Somebody's trash and turns them into treasure, if you will. So I think, you know, we'll, we'll see what he what he can do with with Ezekiel Elliott, obviously a guy that they can already pair with with a running back. You know, one of their best backs that they have in, in Ramondre Stevenson and be, you know, somewhat of a nice one two punch that right. Dallas kind of had there, you know, the final year in, in you know, in Zeke season with, you know, Tony Pollard and, and uh, you know, Zeke at the helm. Could be, could be, uh, you know, could be interesting to see, Matt. What, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see what Zeke
0: really has left in the tank. Mm-hmm. But, but part of me thinks, you know, why did Zeke take so long to do this? Because yeah. the Cowboys are basically offering this. If, if this yeah. was the money that would make him happy, yeah, he could have had this and stayed in Dallas. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they had every, every right to, to kind of cut bait on the contract that he mm-hmm. signed when he signed it. I mean, it made him one of the highest paid running backs in the NFL. Right. He wasn't living up to it, mm-hmm. you know. I think they made the right move in cutting that, but I feel like he could have got the same money in Dallas if he really wanted to be there. So, mm-hmm. it kind of makes you question that a little bit. Right. It's a little odd, but you know, if he has something left in the tank, this is a great signing by yeah. the Pats. I mean, yeah. the guy's a great, great pass blocker, so that's, that's going to be great for their young quarterback there yeah. to give him a little more time in the backfield get you those couple of yards mm-hmm. when you need it yeah, so yeah. i mean a, a lot of a lot of great benefits here to the pats if, if he's still got something left in the
1: tank. right yeah obviously uh like i said spent the first you know seven years of his career with with the cowboys and you know you look at his stats from last year i mean he did have a career low rushing yards and in, in, uh with 876 but still at the same time did have 12 touchdowns so i think this guy you know may not be an a thousand yard rusher but I think as a guy in short yardage situations, and 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 one of the best running backs, I think in pass protection right. as well. You know, in those situations, I think he's still one of the best in the game, and mm-hmm. that's you know a dynamic that you know teams need when you know you need a yard, you put the guy in, and he's right. going to get you a yard. Right. That that's always you know a crucial time, especially. Late in games when you're trying to sustain drives and things like that. I mean, ask Tom Brady and Leonard Fournette when right. they put it together there in Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, so I think, yeah, this guy, you know, still has has opportunities to contribute in in crucial moments. Um, you know, and you might ask yourself, you know, why, yeah, why why the Patriots sign you know a veteran like Ezekiel Elliott when they already got a guy like Ramondre Stevenson mm-hmm. who you know is a big back and has you know has has done well in, in New England and. Um, you know, to, to that, I would say, you know, the Patriots, you know, philosophy under Bill Belichick has always been to have two running backs mm-hmm. to use on on early downs. Um, you know, that's always been kind of the offensive scheme. Uh, you know, running back kind of philosophy under the head coach in, in Bill Belichick. So I think this, you know, checks the boxes. It it meets, you know, you think about some of those Super Bowl winning teams that uh, you know, the Patriots have had. They've always had, yeah, kind of two two backs that contribute in two different ways. And I think in this, in this case, they, they got kind of that one, two punch uh, and and, and getting Zeke at you know, a low, you know, low dollar amount. And and I think that's, that's, that's a big thing uh, for them. And, you know, if you look at kind of their depth chart or, you know, at the running back position, Ramondre Stevenson goes down. They don't got a lot in in the, you know, left on the, on the roster to really, you know, bolster him or, you know, really bring in somebody else off the bench that, is is looking like a, you know, a a guy that can really contribute uh, right away. Uh, They do have a couple of second-year players um, in Pierre Strong Jr. and Kevin Harris, but uh, recently in training camp or, you know, in in practice, uh, Pierre Strong Jr. has actually been held out of practice for undisclosed reasons. Hmm. So, you know, that may be a guy that, you know, you can't rely on or may not be there. Uh, They did sign the veteran, you know, Ty Montgomery this this past offseason, but He's currently out with a with a leg and knee injury. Uh, then they do have a third year player in in JJ Taylor, and then they picked up a guy from the USFL, uh, CJ Maribel. Uh, but you know you don't know what you're what you're going right. to get there. So you know not a lot of household names on that running back you know depth chart. Obviously bringing in Zeke if he still wants to put the work in, wants to show what what he's got. This is a you know a, a golden right. opportunity for him to you know again with today's running backs and, you know, just, you know, the way injuries work and you know, goes down Mm -hmm. Zeke you know, gets promoted to running back one and he can really show what he can do. Uh, I think this deal also
0: makes perfect sense, with the the relationship between Zeke and Bill Belichick, it it goes clear back to the college days. Bill Mm -hmm. Belichick was around a lot with urban Meyer Mm -hmm. and, you know, they they were kind of admirers of each other. Mm -hmm. Bill Belichick watched Zeke a lot back in college. I remember being around coming to their pro days and, Mm -hmm. and, and doing a lot of talking to Zeke. So I, I think they've had that relationship for quite a while. So I, I think it makes sense. It's probably a nice fit. They, they kind of know what to expect from each other. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I think it is a good fit both sides.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, at the at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know that this really moves the needle for mm-hmm. the Patriots. This is a, still a tough division right? Um, because, I mean, you got, yeah, the Jets that made some great pickups, and we'll talk about a great pickup that they just, you know, mm-hmm. just had. The Bills obviously are still – the team to beat in that division right. uh the dolphins you know obviously with their with their air attack and and you know as long as Tua can stay healthy they're going to be going to be dangerous but you know i think the the patriots had to make some moves right. to stay competitive, stay competitive in that yeah. in that division um uh, but you know ironically it, it's kind of interesting yeah that that Zeke does sign with the patriots because week 4 guess who they play the good old Dallas Cowboys so you know maybe you know maybe Zeke has that circled on his on his you know on his schedule We'll see what he, what he can do, um, you know, going to get going to get his opportunity in, in New England and see what, what he can do for, for these Patriots to, uh, you know, potentially compete for the division in, in the AFC East.
0: And if you believe in omens and luck and all that stuff, Zeke is switching back to the, the number 15 he famously wore at Ohio State yeah, and had yeah. some of the best times in his career. Right, so maybe right. if you can bring that form back. You know, the guy actually cleaned himself up too. I saw he got a haircut. And <laughs> look, look, looks kind of like the guy that came out of Ohio State. A right, you know, whole, right. whole new – attitude
1: and right, a right. little different thing going here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, got a got a haircut and got a real job, so we'll uh <laughs> we'll, we'll see what uh what Zeke can do, but uh yeah, going to be going to be exciting stuff for for a Patriots team that again needed some weapons to surround around, you know, around Mac Jones and you yep. know take some of the pressure off of him um, you know, on that offensive side of the ball. So all right. Well, like I mentioned, uh, another another running back signing uh, in the same division, AFC East. Uh, Dalvin Cook signs with the New York Jets, uh, also on a one year deal. A little bit more money, mm-hmm. about eight and a half, eight point six million dollars for for Dalvin Cook. Um,
0: I, I believe that there's probably a lot of incentives in this too. Yeah, I've, I've always re- I've read everything up to eight point six. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually heard a firm. Yeah. Like what the base what the base number. dollar yeah. is. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. So it will be will be interesting. Obviously, you know, you know, a little bit of the history, you know, June 8th, the the Vikings released Dalvin Cook, Um, you know, prior to that had had four straight, you know, Pro Bowl seasons, Um, you know, month later, he goes and visits the Jets, you know, facility spends almost the entire day there, leaves the Jets facility, no contract there, Mm -hmm. you know, things everything in the media was that, you know, he was going to wait it out. He wasn't signing the deal with anybody. And, you know, here we are, he signs a deal with the New York jets, adds another weapon to, you know, an already dangerous, uh, you know, jets offense, uh, that obviously brought, uh, Aaron Rodgers into the, into the mix here. Um, you know, so, and, and I think obviously because of Rodgers' unselfish move to take a $35 million pay cut this Allows the Jets to have that financial flexibility right. to go out and get some of these veteran guys that, again, somewhat maybe like the NBA are out there chasing a ring, mm-hmm. chasing a Super Bowl. Here, um, you know Dalvin Cook, uh, you know saw his options, felt like the Jets were you know the best option to you know compete for a, for right. a Super Bowl, compete for a championship, um, and and ultimately you know sign sign with the Jets. You know obviously the, the Dolphins were in the mix as well, and you know among other among other teams, but. You know, ultimately chose to chose to sign with the with the New York Jets in a uh, you know like I said a loaded loaded offense a loaded running back group if you will too so it's going to be going to be interesting to see how the offensive coordinator for, for the Jets gets all these weapons on the on the field and right. gets them you know in there so so um, my, my question talk-
0: for you as a, as a Jets fan I, do you think this was really an area of need though I mean they had a, a good young running back yeah. last year mm-hmm. who really came came kind of to the forefront of the league he was mm-hmm. having a great season right. he got injured toward the Tore, end of but, yep. but i mean if he's going to be healthy and back to form yeah. is this 8.6 million wisely
1: spent right right yeah i think uh you know it's kind of kind of ironic because yeah one day they sign you know dalvin cook the next day Brees hall who the running back you were talking about comes off of the physically unable <laughs> to perform list so um, you know, the, the Jets are still op- optimistic that, you know, Brees Hall is going to be ready to go week one against the Buffalo Bills. You know, they may still kind of err on the side of caution, um, you know, with that. I think it gives gives them somewhat of an insurance policy. Obviously, coming off an ACL injury for for Brees Hall, that's never uh, an injury that, you know, could go, you know, you may never all be the same coming right. back and, you know, you're always, you know, maybe one cut or whatnot from re-injuring that, and that that's a major, you know, major deal for for a running back that takes, you know, so much wear and tear. So I think for me, it's it's a good it's a good insurance policy for for a Jets team that, uh, you know, outside of Brees Hall, they did have a couple of solid, you know, backups um, in Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter. But I mean, these were guys that you know, we're only averaging about three and a half yards a carry. Right. So, you know, you bring in Dalvin Cook, who, you know, has led the league in rushing, can contribute not only in the rushing, you know, the run game, but can also be a dangerous threat in the receiving game. I think it just gives you a nice a nice uh insurance policy that mm-hmm. if, you know, Brees Hall comes back, he's not the same guy. He's, you know, injures it again or just, you know, can't get fully healthy. You got a guy that, you know, can come in and and, and contribute that that's been proven that you know knows what it take has been in a veteran locker room with the, mm-hmm. with the Vikings, um, you know, and, and bringing in some veteran leadership on again a team that's that's pretty loaded offense, but right. a super young team as right. well. Absolutely. You know, outside of Rogers, you know, they're, they're, this is still a young a young team that's still developing and you know hasn't been to the playoffs. You know, nobody on this team has been to the playoffs right. other than you know Rogers or you know some of the free agents free, you know free yeah. agents that they've signed. So this is still you know still a young team that it, it's going to have some growing pains. So bringing in another veteran guy like Dalvin cook, I think, you know, helps, helps in the mix, but uh, you know, it's going to be, going to be a short, short time, or, you know, going to be a little bit of time before we see uh, cook suit up for, you know, gangrene there. Um, he, he is still recovering from from shoulder surgery that he had in the off season and is also expecting the birth of his first child as well. So, you know, could be, could be a, you know, a couple of weeks before we even see him really suit up for the jets. So, may not be you know ready to go somewhat week one or you know ready to to hit the ground running week one but uh we'll definitely get get his opportunities and again i think is a great insurance policy to have on on the team that if you know their uh second year running back there you know that they had a great rookie season was probably on pace to win rookie of the year offensive rookie of the year had he not gotten injured um ultimately his jets teammate garrett wilson took took home that Mm -hmm. that award but uh you know, so it's going to be, it's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be, going to be, you know, uh, exciting to see, but I, obviously the Jets have big, big things on their hands, you know, how, how do you make all these different personalities and all these different, you know, weapons that are used to being the number one guys on their team, how do you make them all mesh? How do you make it all work and, and come together and, 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 you know, play some good football on, on Sunday. So it will be, you know, exciting stuff. And, you know, they don't, yeah, they don't get started with anything easy. You know, week one against Buffalo, it, that, that's, you know, their, their barometer, their, you know, way to say if they're legit or not right right, right off the bat to, you know, really prove, you know, that they're they're going to compete not only in their division but in, in the AFC in, in general. So, all right, well, we'll see what, uh, what Dalvin Cook can do for the Jets. Uh, we'll, you know, see, track that throughout the season. But, uh, you know, continuing on with our NFL talk and kind of our division previews. Uh, gonna head head down south to the af the AFC south and uh you know preview each of those each of those teams um you know with the with the chief being out you know matt and I took took two different two different teams from from the division so I'll let uh matt matt get started he's got a couple couple different teams in the AFC south and I got a couple the, the other two teams so let him get started and uh, let, let me know what you think about this AFC South. Man. Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and get started
0: with the team that was the worst team in, in the league last okay. year and in the South and the yeah. Houston Texans. They're 3-13 and 13 a year ago. But, man, they've really revamped this team in the offseason. They added a tight end Dalton Schultz, safety Jimmy Ward, cornerback Shaquille Griffin, a linebacker Denzel Perryman, wide receiver Robert Woods, Noah Brown, a defensive lineman, Hassan Ridgeway, defensive end Chase Winovich. And then in the draft, man, they've they, – Brought in a bunch of guys as well. They quarterback C.J. Stroud with the second pick in the draft. Defensive end Will Anderson with the third. They even had a nice pickup in the fifth round and linebacker Henry Tuatuo. Uh, so I mean, you know, lot, lots of lots of great additions. Not a ton of subtractions. Mm-hmm. They lost a defensive end uh, Agbanya Okonoku Okur- and a defensive end Rasheem Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, look looking at this team's schedule though. I'm not seeing a ton of improvement just because mm-hmm. it, it's it's not a super easy schedule for them. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm predicting probably about a 6-10. and 10. They start the year off at Baltimore. I think that's a loss. Then they play home against the Indianapolis Colts. I, I think that's a winnable game there. I'm giving them a win on that one. And they go play at Jacksonville. I think that's a loss. Home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that can be winnable. So I, I put that as a win. They go to the Atlanta Falcons. I think that's another winnable game. Uh, then they play the uh, New Orleans Saints. I, I think that's probably a loss. Uh, Carolina Panthers, I think that could go either way. That's going to be a battle of the rookie quarterbacks. So I'm going to chalk that one for, for a win for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I actually think that, that could be a winnable game. The Buccaneers without Tom Brady just yeah. aren't the same, same football team. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, they play at Cincinnati. I think that, that's, a, that's a loss. Uh, home against the Arizona Cardinals, I think, is, is another game for yeah. them. They got the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think is a loss. Denver Broncos. I think are a loss. They got the Jets. I think is a loss. Mm-hmm. Tennessee Titans. Another L. Mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns. It depends on what quarterback shows up, but I'm saying L right now. Yeah. I think they they lose both to the Titans, mm-hmm. and then I think they they lose to the Indianapolis Colts in the final game of the season. So I got them six and ten mm-hmm. next year, uh-huh. which which is a, an improvement. A, an improvement yeah. But
1: you know, I think they're still picking up toward the top of the mm-hmm. draft. Right. Yeah. This is this is a team obviously that. Still needs some help. Still isn't you know a full complete team or whatever. But uh, yeah, you know I think we'll be will be improved from from last year. Um, you know bringing in a new a new head coach as well. So see what uh, what he can do. Uh, but uh, yeah, gonna be gonna be interesting to see. Uh, you know out of this division, man. I don't know this division. We you know talked about the NFC North being being weak last week. You know this AFC South. Man, not much and, I don't know that it's much better anyway. Uh, but you know, I'll, I'll start with the, with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know, one of the teams that I have here, uh, you know, it's a team that, you know, finished seven and 10 last year. Uh, you know, was actually had a chance to make the playoffs, um, going into the last week of the year. And all they had to do was beat those pesky Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. and they couldn't get it done. Right. They ultimately lost. Jacksonville got in the playoffs. The Titans missed, missed out on the, on the playoffs. Um, So, this is a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit different territory for these Tennessee Titans. You know, uh, prior to last year, they had actually won the division three straight years Mm -hmm. and then had won, you know, four out of the last five times they had won, you know, won the division. So, used to being up towards the top of that division. So, I mean, even with a seven and 10 record, they finished second in the division. Um, So, you know, we're still up there towards the top, but just, you know, different, different from them. Used to being in the playoffs being the top of that division, you know, making a push for, for the super bowl. But I think if you look on, you know, last year for, for this Titans team, I think you go back to their off season when they decided to just trade away their wide receiver, AJ Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles Mm -hmm. for practically Nothing. nothing. Um, you, you saw what AJ Brown did in, in Philly, and you know may not be all AJ Brown. You know Jalen Hurts obviously had a great season himself, but uh, I think you know they they definitely played off of each other. I don't think that they have either one of them have the seasons that they have without the, each right. other. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think if you look at Tennessee and you say, man, where did we go wrong? That that's a big one right there. Um, and, and and if you look especially on the offensive side of the ball, again, the lone bright spot and a guy that's been the staple for them is running back Derrick Henry. But, again, you keep waiting for when are the wheel's going to fall off. I mean, you right. can't keep feeding the guy as much as they keep feeding yeah. Derrick Henry.
0: I mean, running keep, backs are last three, four years right. in the NFL, and right. that's it. Right,
1: so. and this, but this guy has been able to do it for, you know, several, several years, and right. you keep waiting and keep saying there's no way he can keep doing it. Right. I mean, this guy rushed for almost 1,600 yards last year. Um, You know, and and I don't think he missed missed out on maybe one or two games last year. So could have probably had, had more than that. Mm. Um, You know, and you would think, yeah, that they, defenses would figure it out. They'd, you know, figure out how to, how to stop it. But you know, that guy just, you know, never stops going, never stops going, uh, keeps those legs moving. But uh, you know, even with, even with the great success that Derrick Henry had, you know, this team was 28th in points per game last year. Mm. Um, And ironically, a defense that actually was number one in the league against the run, but was actually dead last in the league defending the pass. Oh, uh, so definitely not where you want your defense to be, especially in today's NFL where most offenses are more pass heavy than they are run heavy, um, you know. So I, I think, yeah, definitely not a spot you want want to be in. Um, but I guess if there is another, you know, kind of bright spot or, you know, thing to mention from last year, yes, they went 7-10. and 10 but ten, 6 out of those 10 losses were actually one score games. So, you know, this is a team that, that could have been right there in the mix as one of the best teams right. in the Titans or in, in the AFC uh, if they had gotten just, you know, one more play or, you know, one thing to kind of go their way to shift the momentum. It's a team that yeah, we're talking about, you know, towards the top of the AFC with with a, you know, really good record and, you know, in the in the playoffs, but, you know, just comes down to the details a lot of times in those one, you know, one score losses. So, you know, we'll see what, uh, you know, Mike Vrabel the head coach there been there for, for, you know, several seasons in in Tennessee. We'll see what he can do. You know, I just, I don't know this, this team again, it it seems like they didn't have a ton of receivers. Obviously they traded away AJ Brown on a, on, you know, last year in a group that didn't, they didn't have much outside of AJ Brown Mm -hmm. still really don't. I mean, they brought in Deandre Hopkins, but a veteran guy that's, that's aging right. that you hope off can you know, can hope he can get back to his former, you know, glory or whatever. I just heard in the news, their other receiver, Traylon Burks just got carted off the field with a knee injury. Yeah. So, you know, you're really relying heavily on Deandre Hopkins to be your guy. Right. And if, and if it's not, man, it, it really takes a falling, you know, it's Deandre Hopkins up here and then everybody Nobody else, else way, no. way, way at the bottom. So it, you know not good things for you know uh Ryan Tannehill, who's you know probably the starter to start the season mm-hmm. but if things go south here obviously they they you know drafted you know drafted two QBs kind of the last you know couple of drafts you know they they could come a knock in and you know get their opportunities to show what they what they can do you know i think in a division that that's weak like this, I, I think the the Titans can still compete, mm. but ultimately I have them going seven seven and ten again. Probably finishing that's second probably good division. enough to finish yeah. second in the division again, but not good enough to make the make the playoffs. Right. You know that the hot seat in 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 Tennessee could get a little bit hotter for Vrabel. You mm. know with back to back you know somewhat losing seasons. You know we'll we'll see they they decided to move on from their general manager last year because uh, it. What it sounds like it was like, pick and choose. Either get rid of the GM or get rid of Vrabel. Hmm. They decided to ultimately get rid of the GM. You know, keep Vrabel. Right. You know, so he may have somewhat of a short leash. You know, going into the season, we'll see if he can get it get it turned around. But I just I don't see enough. But
0: it's interesting. He can act like he's got a short leash. Right. He's gone into the preseason. He's not even coaching. He's right. letting yeah. his assistant coach yeah, do the head coaching mm-hmm. duty. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, he seems to feel pretty
1: pretty, pretty comfortable. Right. With, right. And we'll see, you know, yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting. I think, yeah, it ultimately hinges, you know, on, on, you know, I, I just, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks on both sides of the ball because even with the defense that was so great against the run, but mm-hmm. was terrible against the pass, I don't feel like they really addressed that situation much. Right. I felt like they lost more than they gained. Uh, so, you know, how, how you're relying on guys, again, that haven't proven much that you're really asking them to take the next step, right. the next jump, major jump from, being you know average middle of the road to being elite superstar talent mm-hmm. that doesn't usually happen a lot right. um so we'll, we'll see but this this titans team yeah like i said i think can go can go seven and ten but you know and, and again would be good for second in their division but you know not not great you know as far as, as far as record goes and again i think we'll miss miss out on the playoffs mm-hmm. so matt what what do you think uh, i think you got jacksonville's yep. your other team so what what do you think about the team that did win the division right. last year.
0: Well, they did win the division, but they weren't much better than 500. They were 9 and 8, right. and, you know, sneaking their way in. So, uh, like you said, this isn't the best division in football. Mm-hmm. They, they did have some off-season additions. They picked up a guard Chandler Brewer, defensive lineman, uh, Michael Dogbe, uh, running back the Ernest Johnson, a little bigger guy trying yeah. to get you that short yardage because mm-hmm. they had trouble last year in those mm-hmm. short yardage situations. Yeah. They got tight end Evan Ingram, tackle Josh Wells, yeah. tackle... Uh, Antonio Harrison, who was their first-round pick, and yeah. they picked up running back Tank Bigsby in the third round. Mm-hmm. So you know they they tried to get a few more weapons, but right. you know what I think it's really going to hurt them this year that they, they lost wide receiver Marvin Jones Jr., mm. who, who was one of the one of the premier targets out there for them. He went to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost defensive end Dwayne Smoot and uh, tackle Jawan Taylor. Mm-hmm. So you know for all the additions, they did lose some some nice pieces as well, mm-hmm. but. You know this team is on the upward trajectory. Uh, a new coach there last year who really helped turn things around for right. Trevor Lawrence, who yeah. seems to just be on the upside here. Yep. So if he continues that upward climb, I'm looking for a few more wins out of these guys this year. Um, I, I'm, I'm projecting 11 and six right now. Okay. They, they're starting yeah. the season out at Indianapolis. I think that's that's a win. Then, then they got to play the Kansas State Chiefs. Right. That's not easy for anybody. Yeah. I, I think that's an L. Mm-hmm. But then you got the Texans, the Falcons. I think that's two wins in a row. Buffalo, I, I think that's probably an L. Um, that's, that's in London. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I guess anything can happen in a game like that where yeah. you're traveling so far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got the Colts. That's another win. The Saints, I think, is a win. The Steelers, I think, is a win. San Francisco 49ers, though, with Nick, if Nick Bosa is there chasing you around, I mm-hmm. think that's an L. Yeah. Uh, you got the Titans. I think that's a win. I think the Texans are a win. Bengals, I think that's a loss. At the Browns, I think is a win. The Ravens I think is a loss. Mm-hmm. Uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers win. Carolina Panthers win. And then finally uh, a loss at Tennessee. Okay. So, yeah. so you know, I, I think I think it's gonna be an 11, 11 win team here. Yeah. Take take the division.
1: Right. Yeah. Obviously made uh you know uh made it into the playoffs last year, you know, nine and eight like you mentioned, and you know, pulled off a first round upset mm-hmm. against the Chargers, you know, had a miraculous comeback right. in that in that game Great or whatever. Scores. So Looking to uh, you know capitalize on that or you know continue to improve on that you know that finish last year and you know make some noise in, in a tough loaded AFC you know conference if you will and, you know maybe not so much in the AFC South but you know the conference you know of the AFC is is uber competitive so um, all right well I'm gonna take the last the last team here the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, this is a team that that finished 4-12-1, which you would think would be probably last in the division. And no, they, they actually finished third in the AFC South. Uh, but you know, ultimately, again, missed missed the playoffs. Uh, this is a team that was just dysfunctional all last year, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, this is a team that only scored 30 points three different times during the season last year. And in two of those three games, they actually lost. They scored over thirty points and still lost the game. So yeah. you know there there was dysfunction. You know, in the games that they were able to get their offense going, their defense would then you know let them down. So they they've got to you know figure out how to get you know both sides of the ball working and in, t- in tandem. Um, you know if you're if you're the general manager for the Colts, you may be saying you know finally we decided to go in a different direction. We'll see if it pays off. Um, you know since Chris Ballard, you know the current Colts GM took over in twenty seventeen they haven't had really a fresh start or kind of a rookie QB or, you know, somebody that, you know, is yeah coming into the league somewhat fresh Uh, because since 2019, when, you know, Andrew Luck abruptly retired before the season started, you know, the Colts have had the likes of Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and Matt Ryan. Again, all veterans in the league or, you know, guys that have been somewhat, you know, around the league and, you know, had some, some good place, you know, good numbers, other places. Uh, but, you know, that, experiment hasn't always played out or, you know, hasn't played great, you know, paid great dividends for this Indianapolis Colts team. So they finally, you know, they finish towards the bottom, you know, not only in their division, but in the league in general, they get the number four pick. So what do they do? They draft the quarterback out of Florida and Anthony Richardson get their rookie QB who they believe is going to be the franchise quarterback. I'm not sold, but you know, maybe he'll, 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 right. you know, he'll change my mind or make a believer out of me. Um,
0: it's, it's interesting that they've already named him the starter mm -hmm. after one preseason game where he didn't didn't look look all that spectacular. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, It's, uh, going to be interesting. I mean, I don't know what the rest of their depth chart looks like. I don't even know if there's anybody that really has a chance to make him compete for the spot Mm -hmm. at this point. I really, yeah. I'm not sure what the depth chart looks like at the QB position for the Colts. Uh, so it might be, you know, kind of winner by default, if you will. Um, but yeah, I'm not not entirely sold on this on this Anthony Richardson kid, you know, at the, with the number four pick, uh, you know, just a lot of raw talent. I mm-hmm. think if they can develop him and, and make him into right. a QB, this guy got has a chance to be, you know, one of the best QBs is just a lot of raw talent right. there that, that, you know, it, it's kind of a diamond in the rough. And that's tough with trial by fire. Right. In the NFL. Right. Yeah. And you don't typically take a diamond in the rough with the fourth pick if you will so we will we will see if you know they're able to you know be the QB whisperers there in Indianapolis and make this kid you know develop into something something great Um, but again similar to to Tennessee you know I I just don't feel like this team really added a ton and lost more than you know what they Mm -hmm. what they added but I think ultimately at the end of the day the Colts can still go seven and ten just because of how weak this division is they can get rack up, you know, quite a few wins against, you know, some, some of the teams or at least split with, with some of the teams and, and rack up some wins, but outside of their division, when they have to go, you know, against some of the other teams, I just don't see them racking up a ton mm-hmm. of wins to, to really move the needle and, 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 potentially, you know, make their way into the playoffs. I think it's a Colts team that, yeah, can maybe finish seven and 10 somewhere, you know, second, third or whatever in the division, but, you know, still won't be good enough to make, to make the playoffs. Right. Um, And, you know, Hopefully by then, you know, they'll have a better idea of, you know, this Anthony Richardson, if he's, you know, the real deal, you know, I I just, yeah, not, not sold on, you know, didn't think he was all that spectacular at, at Florida, but again, a lot of raw talent there. And I think if you can hone in on that raw talent and really develop him this guy could be a heck of an athlete heck of a guy you know at the at the quarterback position but you know it's gonna gonna take some monumental effort i think right. to, to really get that you know turn that that talent into into something great so we shall see uh like i said this south afc south division man it is top to bottom you know i think i think jacksonville is the clear clear-cut favorite and right. then it's pretty much everybody Anybody else, else after caring. that mm-hmm. you know after that so we'll see you know we'll, we'll see if they're you know big surprises out of that division. But right now I just yeah, see ton of ton of weakness right now in the, in the AFC South. Yep. So, all right, well, that's all we got for the show tonight. Uh, we uh, appreciate you listening uh, to fire it up with your hosts Colton cow Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes, or, you know, you just got a burning sports question. You want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our uh, different social media platforms. Uh, we do have an Instagram at fired up underscore podcast or you can find us over on facebook if you search for fired up comma sports podcast and as always you can head over to our website at www.fireduppodbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and you know just a little bit of information about the about the show um, and you can also find our show on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of apple google spotify pandora you know all the all the big names podcast world you can you can find our show so appreciate y'all listening and as always stay stay fired fired up. up